Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is season 4 episode 47 of this daily study podcast. Thank you so much once again for joining us today as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We are studying uh, in the week of February the 7th to February the 13th covering uh, Genesis chapters 12 to 17 and Abraham chapters 1 to 2. And we're continuing today in Genesis chapter 14 to begin with, uh, but we will try and cover another chapter or so as well today, as we only have two days left and there is so much to get through. <clears throat> First of all, um, we know that uh, Abraham, or Abraham at this point uh, was able to rescue Lot from his captives and um, there was the king of Sodom uh, that met with him uh, and seemed grateful uh, for his work. But then also uh, Abraham meets another individual. Uh, in verse 18 it says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Now, for any listening who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you will probably make the connection of bread and wine, making a link to the sacrament. And of course, why not? But um, if you remember, this is at a time when the Saviour was not on the earth yet. And so I guess for us, it indicates that there was <clears throat> there was the full gospel of Jesus Christ available to those who are righteous in ancient times. We know, for example, that in Latter-day uh, scripture, we have examples of Adam uh, receiving baptism uh, when we were not really sure when that practice began. Uh, and in this case, this may be a link. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of suggested to think so, because why in the same verse would we have Melchizedek being introduced as bringing forth bread and wine and making the comment that he is the priest of the Most High God? It seems very coincidental that, um, or not, I should say. And then, of course, uh, in verse 20, we get further uh, evidence about Melchizedek's authority in the priesthood, where Abraham uh, delivers tithes. It says in verse 20, And blessed be the Most High God, uh, which have delivered thine enemies into thy hand, and he gave him tithes of all. So Abraham, <coughs> Abraham uh, I should say, at this point, um, gave his tithing um, to Melchizedek. Again, indicating this law of tithing was in was in place at this time as well for this people. Um, Elder Robert D. Hale said, quote, Tithing is a test of faith with eternal blessings. Tithing has been established in these latter days as an essential law for members of the Lord's restored church. It is one of the basic ways we witness our faith in him and our obedience to his laws and commandments. Tithing is one of the commandments that qualifies us by our faith to enter the temple, the house of the Lord, close quote. Again, these policy doctrines, they change over time, whereas tithing perhaps wasn't expressly recorded as being important, let's say, at the time of the Saviour. I mean, who knows? It may well have been a law. We're not, we're not, we, we can't be certain that it wasn't just because we don't see it um, necessarily um, explained out in the text as we understand tithing, the law of tithing to be today. Um, it means that, of course... Um, we have the blessing of living its day because it's especially relevant for our day. You think of um, the way that we pay tithing, the the way that we can do so um, with our with the bishops of the wards that we have across the world. It makes sense uh, for tithing to be a law today. I think to be able to help the kingdom of the Lord move forward, um, whereas we don't now practice sacrifices, animal sacrifices. 
Um, and so things change over time, well, policies change over time, but the doctrines of sacrifice and giving to, unto the Lord, um, I think, well, they do not change because they are eternal. They are core doctrines. Uh, and so that is um, an interesting point to make there about Melchizedek. Um, now, we move forward. Uh, and in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, we start to um, see um, a bit more of the unfolding of the Abrahamic covenant uh, to Abram. Um, and in verse 1, it says, um, after these things, the word of the Lord came to, unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now, for me, um, this is a wonderful phrase that's given to Abram. The, the reason being is because when we think about what we receive uh, in terms of blessings from the Lord, we often group these blessings into salvation and exaltation. The opportunity to be able to have but sometimes, I guess, um, we can be asked the question of, you know, we know that the, that the Saviour is our salvation, that he protects and he redeems us. But where is the blessings of exaltation in the, in the scriptures, in particular, the Old Testament or the New Testament? <laughs> and this is an example, I believe, of that. Because we have here that the Lord is his shield, that's saving him, his protection, his salvation. <clears throat> and also, we, he is the exceeding great reward, which we can relate to exaltation, receiving what the Father has. Um, and so that is a really interesting um, verse there just to consider in Genesis 15, verse 1. Um, but then the Lord speaks to Abram and tells him about the, the stars and the number of the stars. And if he is able to number them, then his seed will be like that. Um, he also promises him the promised land, uh, gives him this land to inherit it. Um, and then there's a really interesting question by Abram. In verse 8, he says, And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Basically, wow, like, this is an amazing blessing you're giving me. How can I know that this is going to happen? Um, in order to answer this question, the Lord then says to, uh, to Abram, Take me in a heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Now, for us today, uh, <laughs> that would probably be a bit of an interesting response. How can we know that we're going to receive this blessing? Oh, get these animals. Oh, okay. But of course, um, we need to think about the culture and the context. In Abram's time, this was um, going to lead to a sacrifice. Um, and Abram does this, and when he takes these things and he puts them in the midst... Um, we see that um, he prepares it and he waits and the sun goes down and then something happens, which is a huge moment for Abram. If we move forward um, to verse, just moving past a couple of things here. I mean, first of all, the slavery in Egypt is, is foretold here, but we just don't have time to, to look at that. Um, in verse 17, it says, And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. Now, just to kind of explain what's happened here, Ab Abram made these sacrifices and they were laid out. Um, and basically the Lord himself in his presence as a smoking furnace. And we know that this is in, uh, indicating the Lord's presence as he is the one that leads Israel uh, with a pillar of fire in the day and uh, with a pillar of smoke, sorry, a pillar of smoke in the day and a pillar of fire by night. 
So he is represented by the smoking furnace and a burning lamp. And he passes between uh, these kind of sacrificed animals. And what this is saying, and this is actually reminiscent of a, of a sacrifice in um, Abraham's time in that culture, usually done with a king and a servant, but usually it's the servant uh, or the servant and the king together that walk through these things. And it's saying that if, my, if I don't keep my side of this promise, then I will be like these things that I'm walking through. But in this set, in this case, the Lord himself is walking between these things. He is promising to Abraham with an oath and covenant um, that he will fulfill his side of the promise, no, no matter what. And for us, this takes covenants and this covenantal relationship to a whole new level when we understand this. The Lord promises us that he will bless us and be our shield and our eternal great, um, exceeding great reward. Um, and yes, of course, we can then say, oh, obviously we've got to do our side. But there are so many times and uh, instances where perhaps we are not doing our side the best we can. And the Lord still blesses us. He is desirous to bless us. And this Abrahamic covenant is such a powerful thing that once we understand how dedicated and um, devoted to this promise the Lord is, then it's just a remarkable blessing for us. So as we continue into tomorrow and we and we finally, finally come to the end of this week of brilliant study around this Abrahamic covenant, please do uh, join with us as we conclude this section and share your thoughts as well. It'd be great to hear them uh, on our Facebook group at Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. Thank you very much for your time and until we meet again.